Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Good. We're going to solve the problem <coughs> of the budget. You know, they're fussing <laughs> around there, and the confusion is bipartisan because they don't think they should be spending so much money because the people don't like that, and yet they, they, all they do is work hard. How do you do it and try to fool the people? And that's what they're trying to do. But ultimately, I've argued the case that the two things when you know they're losing control is prices will go up and the people will rebel, and that's what the CPI was telling us today. Prices are going up, and they're worried about that. And along with this, eventually, you're going to see rising interest rates, and then you're going to see the unwinding of trillions and trillions of dollars of debt that has been uh, monetized over the last decade or longer. I mean, that's been been the policy. So this is um, this was a big morning today, uh, Chris, because all of a sudden they said record high price inflation, record high since the 70s, and that the year over year price inflation uh, is uh, almost 7%. And if you really measure it by uh, how uh, the economist uh, John Williams measures this, it's well over 10%. So it's a lot of fudging that goes on. But at least this got the attentions of, of the marketplace. And this is a reflection of the fact that uh, there's a lot of inflation. But the big big argument going on for a couple of weeks now has been, how do you raise the national debt? We If we don't raise the debt limit, you know, everybody's panicking. Yellen gets up there and the Federal Reserve Board Chairman, Republicans and Democrats, you know, the, the government's going to get closed down. People mm -hmm. won't get their Social Security check. It's all malarkey. That, that never has happened. It's not going to happen. They always take care of it. They can get a temporary raising uh, just for a technical reason, raise the uh, nominal national debt. Uh, and, and they and they can always postpone it. But my biggest argument, and I'll spend more time on this and doing this program, is this whole thing is just, you know, just all fake because it's irrelevant because the really, really big stuff is secret because it's done by the Federal Reserve. You know, they do it in monetizing trillions of dollars of what the, what the Congress does, but they also deal with many, many trillions of dollars of bailing out the corporations, the banking system, the international financial community. And as long as the dollar holds up, that's why the dollar has been maintained by other people because everybody's in bed with, uh, with the United States in maintaining that as a reserve currency of the world. But that is starting to slip, another sign of the coming bankruptcy. But right now, there was uh, excitement because there was a vote yesterday, and the Republicans and the Democrats came together, and they have a temporary agreement, and there's not going to be a default. So Social Security beneficiary, just relax, your checks will be there. It will, it will continue. But uh, this is just temporary for uh, a couple of months, and they, they can go ahead. Some Republicans are complaining that, the, that uh, McConnell gave in too much to the Democrats. But uh, when I look at the bigger picture, I have quite frequently said, you know, it isn't a Republican versus Democratic problem. You know, it's a bipartisan problem. It's a, it, it's a problem that results from a foreign policy of interventionism, an economic policy of, of interventionism, a personal invasion of our privacy under these, these COVID uh, 
type of scaremongering, a loss of civil liberties. It's, it's a bipartisan thing, so they have to pretend. Every once in a while, people will get a glimpse, uh, some of the more solid conservatives, and they say, you know, this, uh, this McConnell, I don't know whether he's on our side or not. Well, the leadership of both parties have basically on the big issues are together, whether it's foreign policy, spending money, uh, deficits, the, the whole works. They have to do it to keep the system going because they have to abide by the rules of the lobbyists who have to maintain control over both parties. Chris. Right, Dr. Paul. And, you know, we can't... Uh... Our viewers should know that when we put these shows together, we almost can't help chuckling at the absurdity of it all. You know, there's worries about debt defaults. So what do they do? They go further into debt. There's skyrocketing prices. So what do they do? They print more money. I mean, it's just so backwards, all of it. And Dr. Paul sent me the article about the uh, the Senate, and, and I, I almost can't believe what you read. It's I. It, I I have a quote. It said, the Senate passed a one-time loophole <laughs> to empower Democrats to raise the debt limit on their own. I mean, there is no such thing as one time in government. One time simply means the first time, because you allow them to do anything one time, and they'll do it again and again and again. Uh, and I wanted to go through a couple more of these buzzwords that we always see in the papers and and in the news, temporary is another one, when they say they're going to just do something temporarily. I mean, look at how kids out there are still wearing masks in school. There's your temporary measure. You know, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government measure. And another buzzword is emergency. Oh, that's a bad one. When you see the word emergency, they're really going to try to come after your freedom. So government is only interested in just doing what they want. They don't want any restrictions, any debt ceilings, any laws to bind them. They just want to do what they want. Get the war started. Just start it. Lie, say what you have to do, and then it'll go on for 20 years. Nobody's going to be able to stop it. So this one-time loophole for spending, you know, they'll be back again the next time they hit this so-called debt ceiling. You know, uh, some of the positions the Democrats take and the Republicans, uh, sounds like they're in competition but they always have to do some of that to pander to their base. But ultimately, the basic uh, principles and the philosophy are, are very, very similar. But uh, in the last several weeks, uh, as this date was uh, coming closer, where the national debt limit technically has to be raised, and I say it's irrelevant, they do what they want anyway, uh, by just hiding it in what the Federal Reserve does. But one of the proposals has been, and it demonstrates this, uh, uh, this effort at bipartisanship, because uh, everybody, they assume, almost everybody, votes for the NDAA, the military budget, because, you know, that's national offense and no, nobody has the courage to vote against it. Besides, we have to protect our national interests and, and all that. So the Democrats said, well, good, everybody's going to vote for it. So what we're going to do and what we want to do is put Barry into that same bill, the bill to raise the national debt limit. But that's a political thing. And all of a sudden you heard, okay, the, De the Republicans weren't worried about, uh, you know, the, con the continuation and the fault by spending more money on the mil military. But they were really against it because our base, the Republican base, wouldn't like this if they capitulate and raise the national debt limit. So they argued the case. So the Republicans were opposing it, you know, I think for the wrong reason, for the, both reasons that were wrong. But anyway, they worked out a deal with the 
Democrats, and they had this vote, I guess it would happen on Friday, 14 Republicans, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, voted with the Democrats. Uh, so the Republicans got, got things done, a little bit of political heat over it. But the heat really is going to come with the continuation of a policy that doesn't make any sense. That uh, if you have the threat of default, because there is a threat of default, but it isn't the kind that mo they want you to believe. The default they claim, well, we can't write the checks and everybody's going to suffer. Well, that isn't it. It's the liquidation of debt and malinvestment that always must occur once uh, the uh, inflationary policies of the Federal Reserve continue to a point where becomes inefficient and that's where we are today so something something has to be done and the market will deflate and default uh, if if the governments wouldn't, wouldn't do this deliberately because uh, they uh, it's done through devaluation of the currency I think the closest thing you can come to it when there was a precise announcement that uh, we have a bankruptcy and we had to change our ways and that would have been in 1971 when, when the promise made was uh, since World War II that we would always defend a dollar with a reimbursement with gold if the people thought we were printing too much money. Well, that ended in 1979. We announced that, but they've been limping along and getting away with it, just printing the money for all these things. But right now, they're meeting a, a roadblock uh, where they just can't continue this, and uh, the default will continue. I think the default, the destruction of and the elimination of debt and the malinvestment uh, is something that comes naturally in the marketplace when there's too much excess in the economy, too much printed money and too many art artificial controls. And, and we are there. So it's going to happen. Uh, but this announcement that uh, there was a positive move this weekend, you know, that all of a sudden, well, we'll, we'll just default and we got the Republicans to go along with this. We will just print more money and uh, we're not going to, nobody's going to come up short. We'll worry about this technical thing of having a national debt limit later on. And so the Democrats get a chance to uh, raise the national debt limit and I think they can pass it by uh, a majority vote. That was the deal they got. But I would think my first reaction was, wait, let's wait and see just how much they try to weigh, uh, raise that national debt in one fell swoop. Because right now it's almost 30, 30 trillion. So my guess is it's going to be bigger than most people anticipate. And it's going to be a negative economic event when that happens. Right. And as you mentioned, uh, we are experiencing record or inflation levels that we haven't seen since 1982. And anybody that has been watching this show over the last several years should not be surprised the least bit. I mean, we've been saying you, they've printed uh, more money than any other time in the history of the world. Are we going to expect that prices will not go up and reflect that? We're not living in some kind of fantasy vacuum. But so we're getting the results of what the Fed has done. And we don't know how much uh, worse these results can be. We read in the mainstream media, I have a quote here, uh, economists have expressed confidence that inflation will finally begin to ease next year as the global economy shakes off the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, that's your cue that inflation is probably going to be worse. Because unfortunately, it is this way, it shouldn't be. When you see the word economists in major media, just think experts. And whenever you think experts say, you better start running the other way. 
because you know they're they're not like the real economists that you'll find in the Mises Institute or that you'll find that you're not supposed to uh, you know ever hear from. Because the job of an economist is to tell the politician, you can't do that. You know, the politicians want to do all types of crazy things. The economist is supposed to tell them, these are the economic laws. We can't, you know, go against them. You're going to get burned. They don't want those type of economists. They want the people that they put out in the media that will tell you, yes, government needs to do this and everything's going to be okay. Well, it's not going to be okay. Inflation is going to be worse. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have to deal with it day by day. Very, very good. You know, the, um, the, the one thing that has to uh, occur for anything to move along and the people don't uh, start the revolution is they have to appease the people. But the people will go along uh, as a, when they get scared, frightened enough, and uh, there's a hysterical reaction to it. But that's just not, uh, you know, people are accusing that's exactly what's going on with COVID. People are terrified by it. And yet maybe the number one reason we've had all this excitement and fear mongering over, uh, over COVID is the goal may, may well be, and as I'm very suspicious of this, it may be, well be a vaccine passport that they're after. So they have to do that. And what about uh, when it comes to uh, foreign policy, bipartisanship? Why do they all gather together and just get overwhelming support for any of that military money? And uh, why, why should people be surprised that Republican or Democrat over 20 years of us fighting that ridiculous war in, in Afghanistan, it would never stop. So it just continues. Fear, fear, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein, when we had to go and attack his country, uh, it was, he had a nuclear weapon and he would be bombing us now. So they have to build up all this fear. And that's what they do with this debt thing. There's a fear that scare people. And people say, well, you're not going to get your Medicare. You're not going to get your uh, Social Security check and, uh, and all of these things. They don't, it's based on fear rather than on truth. And I think even though the truth may hurt a bit, people are going to be more welcome to hearing the truth because maybe we will get a better result. But right now it's to scare people into accepting what the politicians are doing and the bipartisan leadership usually get it and i think this is an example of that because although it's temporary i believe me they will work it out this this dollar system is not going to quit working and all of a sudden they're going to follow the rules that they will have <clears throat> they won't spend money that's not on the budget i mean probably a lot more spend secretly than it is on the budget so that is not going to change so i think that uh, uh people have to realize when they're being scared by all these horrible things whether it's COVID, whether it's foreign policy or or whether it's the debt limit uh you have to stop and think about it because if we know what is wrong and the people understand it and uh, there is a solution that is entwined uh, with uh, a free market system and personal liberty, I, I have a, enough confidence that people are going to opt for this because they know what we have now looks very, very dangerous because of just common sense tells us that you just can't print money and solve all the problems of the world and avoid default. There will be a default. It's ongoing. And like we point out in the program today, there's a default going on and they, don't, they want to prevent it. 
But how do they de prevent the default? By printing more money and pretending they're dealing with the problem. Well, at first, I think we have to be honest with ourselves. Then we might do a better job in solving our problems. Yes, excellent, Dr. Paul. I'm on my closing statement. I'm going to try to continue your thought. Now is a very big opportune time to spread the message of liberty uh, because people are uncomfortable. You know, we're, we're used to in America living comfortable lives. You know, we're well entertained, well fed, but, uh, you know, a lot of it was an illusion and the illusion is falling apart. And if you watch our show each day, you can maybe get a big picture overview. Things are not going well for the people in power. Um, you know, and we've covered on Friday the financial aspect of it. They're, they're cornered and they're looking for ways to just keep the illusion going. But it's when people are in pain that they start to search for answers that they probably would not have before. And they may not like hearing the truth because nobody likes to admit that they were wrong, that they were lied to, that they were duped. That's very hard for everyone to admit, even us. But they're more likely now with government in their face, trying to take away their jobs, trying to force them to do things that they don't want, to have an ear <clears throat> for the ideas of liberty. And our ideas are not centralized. You can't say, ah, let Ron Paul do it. Let Rand Paul take care of it. Well, this is how Ron Paul handles it. He tells you. And then we expect for others to do their job wherever they are, in Texas, in Idaho, in Oklahoma, or in, you know, this show is watched by people around the world, wherever you are, it's decentralized. Tell the people about free markets, sound money, voluntary interactions, no uh, government interference in every single aspect of our lives. And when we all do that, you know, good things will happen. Uh, very, very good, Chris. You know, currently to maintain order, and this has been going on for uh, several months, uh, maybe a year, the uh, Federal Reserve has been buying up the uh, government debt uh, and the mortgage-backed securities at $120 billion per month. And that sort of maintains some order because if they didn't do that and the market had to buy all that, uh, they wouldn't do it without interest rates rising. So that was, that was put in there to maintain low interest rates, zero rate. And their number one uh, daily activity at the Federal Reserve is to maintain the stock market. I, I don't have any doubts about that. Eventually, it won't work. But that, that's what they were doing. But they have to, right now, uh, the, the evidence is getting strong, especially on a day like this, when you say, boy, the CPI is going up and it's getting everybody's attention. They have to look like they're doing something. So in the last month or two, they said, we, we have to start tapering, uh, you know, uh, off this, this buying of government debt. Otherwise, we're, we're going to slow down the inflation because it's so necessary. And, uh, and it's coming across as a mixed bag because some people know they're not going to do it. And that's my position. They'll, they'll do that for a while, but it's not going to happen because they tried it a couple years ago and the interest rates started to go up and they quickly stopped it. But right now, the interest rates have not skyrocketed with this. But I'm predicting that the tapering off, which is anticipated, thinking maybe maybe they'll return to a little bit of stability. They, they, maybe there will be, uh, be a little bit of Volcarism there when Volcker had to, had to slow the monetary inflation in, in the end of the 1970s. Uh, so they might have a hope like that. But I, I tell you what. Uh, they're not going to continue it, and it will stop. And, and because all you have to do is get a couple more really, really bad 
government reports, because even the government reports, you can't rely on them. I, I, most people don't believe what the government tells us, and that's true in economic policy, because it might, it might be that the real inflation rate of, uh, of the prices uh, for, uh, you know, standard of living, the average middle-class American, it might be 12% right now, and that's why they're going to be hurting, and they're going to demand something else. So that's, even though that there was a temporary thing to pretend that they were making sure uh, that, they're, that, that, we, that they would uh, avoid the default and that by the government buying more debt, creating more, uh, more debt, and then they say, well, we're carrying the threat of default. Well, it's not going to work. Only sound money works on this. There's a growing interest in sound money. Believe me, there's a different attitude about the Federal Reserve and sound money than when I first went to Congress in 76. They, they thought, why are you bringing that subject up? Nobody cares about that. Nobody understands that. And, and there were questions asked me by other members of Congress. They, they weren't hostile toward me, but they were just fascinated. What are you thinking about? Why don't you tell me? Why don't you explain this thing? Uh, but it's not like that now. It's a, it's a political football, uh, you, you know, shared in a political sense, but it's also shared by Republican leadership and Democratic leadership. So when you see this, a bill like it was just passed, it was, it was bipartisan and people know what's going on. It's based on the assumption that they know darn well that the Federal Reserve it will be forced into the corner of, of buying up debt and trying to maintain order in this way by doing more of the same. That is basically the, the problem. So as the prices go up, the one, the one to demand that will come from the businessman or the consumer or the small business, they all will say one thing, we don't have enough money. They will never say prices are going up. The value of the dollar is going down. We should clean up our house. We should spend less. We should change our foreign policy. And we should not have a welfare state state where we can invite hundreds of thousands if not millions of people and and having them walk into our country at the same time they get more benefits than the american citizens get so that that's all coming to an end and uh, people should be prepared but the most important thing I think anybody can do, and the thing that I get more reassurance from from anything else, and that is trying to change people's attitude and try to convince people that if we had more liberty, sound money, and decency in this country, we wouldn't be happen. We wouldn't have to worry about the catastrophe that we're facing if we continue to pretend that we're going to, uh, you know, take care of this problem by just printing printing more money because we're going to prevent the default. The default can be uh, taken care of by a true default. It has to be liquidated, but that's a bigger, bigger problem, and that's why we have to accept the fact that the politicians in Washington will not accept what I'm saying. There's no way. But eventually, the market will demand it. The big question is, how will we rebuild, you know, an economic system? And it cannot happen without having a sound monetary system. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.